Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, I'm Rachel Hampton. I'm an editorial assistant here at Slate, and I'm your host for this season of Working. For the next few episodes, we're going to be focusing on influencers, taking a deep dive into an industry that's changed from one that was really only understood by teens glued to their phones to one covered by journalists at the New York Times and The Atlantic. This week, we're talking to Alana Wiles, creator of Mommy Shorts, which is a blog and social media presence that follows her life with her two young daughters. Alana started Mommy Shorts in 2009 when she was laid off shortly after returning to her job in advertising from maternity leave. And she's been a full-time mommy influencer since November 2013. Between her three Instagram pages, she has over 700,000 followers, and she's the author of The Mommy Shorts Guide to Remarkably Average Parenting. As a former ad exec, she's always intended to monetize her brand, and she brings a really interesting perspective to influencing as a parent and how the space has changed over the past few years. What's your name and what do you do? My name is Alana Wiles, and I don't really know how to describe what I do anymore. (laughs) Um, I used to say I'm a blogger. But I feel like that's sort of antiquated now. So somewhere between a content creator and I guess what they call an influencer. Ooh, okay. Or as I told my doctor yesterday, <laughs> a new doctor, I said, I work in social media. Okay. Then he had questions. Yeah. I was like, how do you explain your job to people who have no concept of influencers or social media? I feel like that's changing a little bit because even with the doctor yesterday, who was probably like 75 or something, mm-hmm. he sa- as soon as I said social media, I think I said social media and content creation. Yeah. And then he started launching into this whole story about how they quoted him on an, like an article about Chrissy Teigen. <laughs> <laughs> but they misquoted him and he was trying to get back back to the, I don't know. It was a yeah. very convoluted story, but it was <laughs> hilarious to me that even this doctor has some sort of like weird relationship online with Chrissy Teigen. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I feel like social media has definitely started infiltrating more into people's general life. But I guess when you first started, what was it like explaining what you did? Well, when I first started, so I feel like I should say that I first was in advertising. And then I feel like they were, people were talking a lot about mom blogs at that time, but like sort of as being like kind of something that like stay-at-home moms did for free products or um, it wasn't I don't think thought of as like an industry it was just more that I noticed that clients were starting to care about what the mom bloggers were saying so I don't know I think when I first started I thought it was kind of a hobby that could ultimately get me a better advertising job yeah but I didn't think that would ultimately be my career when did that change I would say it took it took about three years, I think, before it was three years before I like went full time mm-hmm. blogger. But like leading up to, I mean, I always thought that it would be very relevant within the in the advertising world. Yeah, I just didn't realize that everything would sort of go in that direction. So I thought I could use it to sort of get to the next level with advertising because I I didn't have so I was um I was laid off my job in advertising and I felt like I didn't have. I had no digital experience at the time. 
So I thought it was going to be really hard for me to get another job without that. So this was sort of my way of creating my own digital experience. And I thought I could really learn this new upcoming world. Yeah. And that could be a real advantage. It seems like kind of a steep learning curve to kind of do blogging, like to try and learn digital skills. Like how did you kind of start learning the tools of the trade? Well, I've always been like a very ambitious career-minded person. So I think when all of a sudden I was out of a job and I had just had a baby and I was like, and to me it was like, I'm not like being a stay-at-home mom now. Like that was not my, my plan. So I think while I was looking for a job, I just like needed to keep forward momentum. So I just like researched the hell out of it and (laughs) figured out what platform I wanted to be on and like how to design things and how, I mean, it's, it's sort of amazing to me when I think about now how much I did to get the thing like off the ground. I don't know that I could do that all again. It seems like a really heavy lift. Yeah. I mean, at the time it was just like Instagram wasn't a thing yet. It was just kind of Twitter, Facebook and the blog. Okay. So you were in advertising and then you were laid off. What year was that? 2010. And so then you started the blog. And so what kind of content were you originally starting with? Was it always going to be like a parenting blog or were you like, this is just going to be a general lifestyle blog? My model, and I don't know if you will even know what this is, but <laughs> do you remember I Can Has Cheeseburger? Oh, I do actually remember this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was basically just memes. Yeah. It was just like this running stream of memes. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I want to create I Can Has Cheeseburger for parents. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I see that with your parenting charts, which are so funny. I know. I don't have kids myself, but I look at them and these are hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like sometimes I was so much more creative back then when I was like trying to come up with what this thing was, whereas now I feel like. There's a lot more like expectations of what, you know, what does well and all that stuff. And obviously like Instagram has changed everything. But but yeah, at the time it was like I was just trying to create like very funny, almost like soundbite images or something. Because that's a meme. Mm -hmm. I didn't didn't know that word at the time. (laughs) Um, But uh, that was sort of what I was thinking. So if you go back to the very beginning of the blog, it really was like I would just post a photo with like one line mm-hmm. or like a caption, mm-hmm. you know, or I used to have the caption contests or I'd have like like a video that was like 15 seconds or whatever. And maybe like I'd write like a paragraph about something that happened. Yeah. But it was very, very short content, which is why I called it Mommy Shorts. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And now I feel like that's that's what you get from social media. Mm-hmm. You know, you would never go to a blog to see one photo Definitely. or read one line. <laughs> yeah. So do you think that you said Instagram kind of changed everything? Was that when you shifted more towards like longer posts on your blog? Or had you kind of started making that shift before Instagram really I think I up? made that shift. I think I made that shift by sort of becoming involved in the like the blogging community mm-hmm. and you know, kind of when I started it, I wasn't reading any blogs like I yeah, <laughs> absolutely yeah. nothing. Um, so I think through sort of seeing what other people were doing, I sort of got into longer form writing. And also, I think with Facebook, I sort of recognized that if you're going to drive someone away from Facebook, there should be a reason for them to be there. You yeah, know, yeah, they yeah. should be able to stay there for a while or whatever. So I think that shift came just from sort of like learning the space a little bit. And then I will say with Instagram, I feel like I could talk for like 10 hours. About, I want to hear all of it. About how Instagram <laughs> changed everything. But I think that that sort of changed because I think it made everything go in a much more personal direction. When I was originally writing, I was trying to write sort of things that would appeal to, you know, all parents. Yeah. And I think when you have like babies and toddlers, a lot of the things that you're going through are very, very universal. 
So, and I know I knew like the things that w- did well on Facebook were sort of they weren't really like me talking very specifically about you know my children. <laughs> yeah. It was more like list posts that like everybody could relate mm, to. Yeah. And at that time, I think Facebook was by far and away like the main traffic driver. I think that's how I like built my entire blog, just like word of mouth on Facebook, which was kind of yeah. nuts. I'm fascinated by how Instagram basically changed the blog and changed your approach. Could you just talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I think that, first of all, it made it a lot more photo-based. So like when I used to post something, it post a blog post, it would be like one photo at the top and then it would be all writing. And then I think as I got more into taking photos, it's like now it's like there's tons of pictures within a blog post and it just makes people like very familiar with you and your family. So on Instagram, I feel like people really gravitate towards when you're talking about yourself. Like they really want to get to know you. They want to get to know your family, your kids. Whereas Facebook was more universal content and the things that would get clicked on were things that anybody can relate to. So I always found that the things that did well on Instagram didn't do well on Facebook mm. <laughs> and, and, vice, and yeah, vice versa. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's interesting. So would you have to make different content for Facebook versus Instagram? I mean, I guess technically that's what I should be doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think I definitely had different things in mind. Like, okay, this would be a post that would do well on Facebook, or this would be a post that would do well on Pinterest, or this will be something that people on Instagram will really like. But I actually, when I started Instagram, I really just really loved the platform. And I think that's one reason that I've done well there. It really wasn't as part of a blog strategy. Okay. It was just like, I just started getting into, like, I loved looking at it. I followed, like, a lot of photographers at first. So I wasn't even really part of, like, the mom blogging community (laughs) there. okay. It was more like I was appreciating the way, like, seeing how people took pictures. And I think it changed the style very much of how I took photos of my kids, which you can totally tell from, like, if you look (laughs) at, like, photos of my older one when she was little compared to photos of, like, my little one. But I think I just really enjoyed it. And I was using it just really for... For me. Yeah, it's more of a personal than a business decision. Yeah. And it took me a long time actually to even like I never I never was never promoting the blog. Like I never said like come like (laughs) oh I posted this today or whatever. I don't I can't remember if they had links out at that time or Yeah, isn't it now still like you have to do link in bio even if you do a post? Yeah, Yeah. or you can do the swipe up now with the which has helped a lot actually. But yeah, so for a very long time, I was just posting photos and I wasn't saying, come come look at the blog. It wasn't until like, I, I feel like it was like a, a year, right? Then I had this audience that was really invested. I'm like, by the way, also a blog. <laughs> you want to learn ma- yeah. more, you know? But yeah, but I feel like that's sort of why I did well there was because I wasn't using it to promote something else. Yeah, that's definitely something that's kind of come up is that Instagram users really seem to understand the difference between content made just to sell them something and content that's actually about someone else's personal life, which I think is why most people go to Instagram is not to get sold something, even if you do get sold something. Right. My husband gets sold stuff all the time. Definitely. So you said that Instagram kind of made your blog more personal just because that is what people are invested in. How do you kind of keep your life personal and private? Or how do you like kind of bridge that gap? Yeah. My rules and restrictions around this has definitely like increased as the kids got older. I think when they were younger, all the things that I were talking about were things that all parents were talking about. So like any problems with like taking your kids to a restaurant or like potty training, <laughs> yeah. like those, it didn't feel like I was really revealing anything very private about myself. I mean, I I could certainly like weave stories that were very personal to me, but it just sort of seemed to relate to what goes on 
in general at this time in your kid's life. And I was, I think I always thought about it like, okay, my, at some point my kids are going to read this and I don't want them to be embarrassed and I want them to think it's funny and all of that. So I always sort of had that in mind in the stuff that I shared. You know, I never, I don't think I ever said anything bad about my kids. If anything, like I was the one, <laughs> like I was the yes. boy, like I was the kind of, you know, fumbling around, not knowing what I was doing. So if the jokes would come out of like my What's the word? Incompetence. <laughs> yeah, it's like self-deprecating versus like yes. talking about you. Yeah. Yes, I was sense. never like mean-spirited. And I feel like there's a lot of, you know, posts that I'll read where people are like very like talking about how, you know, awful parenting is yeah. or like how this is so difficult. And I really tried to strike a balance, which is how I actually feel, <laughs> which is that like it's really hard, but like, you know, it's awesome yeah. as well. So it's it was more about sort of and it seems like everybody talks this way now, but at the time it felt sort of new, was that you could sort of acknowledge what made parenting hard while still being totally thankful that that's where you were and that you have these amazing kids and all that. But I always tried to talk about things in, like, a very real sense. Like, I felt like a lot of the blogs at the time when I started, like, the mom blogs were people that were, like, you know, doing lots of recipes or DIY projects or, like, here's how you organize your closet. <laughs> Yeah. And that's not like that's not me. I feel like, but I feel like most more people are like me than people who are doing like perfect crafting. Definitely, <laughs> I was like, I think <laughs> tutorials I, or whatever. Yeah, I think that's what brings in people, especially who like aren't parents. It's just kind of the same with our parenting advice column, where a lot of people who aren't parents read it because right. it's just good and it's about life in general and it's not like here's how to create your perfect life with your perfect children <laughs> right and I'd say that is also the interesting thing that has happened because of Instagram is that I have a whole audience of people that don't have kids because I think it's just it's younger it's a younger audience and then I think people just like finding entertaining people to follow and it doesn't necessarily have to be like yeah I'm looking for tips on <laughs> yeah, <laughs> how to get your kid to do homework or yeah, yeah. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So, I guess kind of going back, when did you begin monetizing what started as a hobby? And how did, what was that transition like? And how did you kind of get the business acumen? You started in advertising, so I'm right. assuming you had a leg up than most people who kind of just start blogging. Yes. When I first started, I always knew that I wanted to do branded content. So that was one thing that, like, I always wanted to weave branded things in there, whether I think just coming from an advertising background. So it was like whether I was recommending a product or, um, you know, or I knew that it would come eventually. So I didn't want it to come from left field. So I think I did it like, you know, I tell personal stories and then I would do product re recommendations. And then the first the first like branded assignment I got was actually for Cheerios. Oh. Um, <laughs> And it was $25. Oh, and <laughs> less than expected. <laughs> but I mean, this was, you know, this. but for me, I was like, it didn't matter to me how much they were paying. It was like, I just wanted to sort of establish that this was part of the blog. And it was like, so it was pretty early on. And I always tried to write like, you know, branded content, like as if I would write anything else. Like I wanted to be just as entertaining. I don't, like, I love doing 
branded stuff because like, yeah. that's what I used to do like that. I think it's fun to figure out like how to weave these things in as long as it's like something that you feel good about, you know, a brand that you feel good about working with. So, um, so that was my first post and it was, and it was, I did it because I wanted to, not my first post, probably my first branded post, but I did it because I wanted to sort of establish with my audience that this was going to be something that happens here. The other thing that I was doing a lot was I was doing a lot of like photo submission stuff and contests. And I realized that a really easy way to weave brands in, like in sort of a seamless way, would be to have them as the prize. So um, so I think it, I want to say at first, like maybe I, I want to say I was doing contests where I'd sort of have like joke prizes. And I don't even think I was like paying for them. I'm like, you win the honor of being the winner, you know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, you get to be named on the blog. <laughs> but my first big like branded contest was I wanted to do a cake smash contest. Oh, so, what's that? So cake smash is like it's it's something that like parents do with their kids mm-hmm. when they on their first birthday they'll just like put a cake in front of them oh. and then they go to town. Yeah. And there's all these funny pictures online. So I was like let me have people submit their cake smash pictures and then I'll find a brand to be the the prize. Yeah. And I'm trying to think if they had come to me or I went out to them, but I feel like cuz at the time I feel like a lot of people offered free product. So I want to say, and I'm not sure this is 100% correct, but Crumbs Bakery. And I, I feel like they were they were promoting these, these like big cake size cupcakes. So I got back to them and said, I would love to have you as the prize for this contest. Mm-hmm. And I, I had done a bunch of these contests. So I knew how much traffic they got and I knew how into them people were. So I I, you know, I packaged it together and made this whole proposal to them for like what at the time what was a significant amount of money. Much more than 25 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so I sold this big, I ended up selling this big contest to them. And that was like the first thing where I was like, oh, the blog can make real money. It's just a matter of convincing brands that it's valuable. Because I don't, because brands didn't have social media teams then or anything like that. It was just sort of figuring out a way to convince them that 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 space was valuable. But I did, I did have like considerable page views at the time. So to say this many people are going to see it, they're all within your, you know, target audience. And that was the first time I did like a a real sponsored initiative that actually (laughs) paid some bills. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. sponsored campaign. So this was before you started going full-time on the blog? This was before full-time. And then I, so I think that um, from that point, at the beginning, it was me reaching out to brands, telling them who I was and why they should work with me. So it was sort of educating a lot of the brands on why my audience is valuable and, you know, what it could do for them. And I did get bring on, you know, a bunch of people that way, but definitely not enough to, like, make it my full-time thing. I was also freelancing and advertising that whole time, which, like, pretty much full-time and doing the blog at night. Um, And then I met somebody that did partnerships for big brands, and she was looking, I feel like it's sort of a convoluted story, but ultimately (laughs) I convinced her to try and do what she did for these big brands like she worked for like hotel brands and things like that to try and do that for me and within like the first month that she started working with me she sold a really really big campaign which was for Allstate and originally they had come to me because they wanted me to blog for their website (laughs) and I was like I have no interest in doing that whatsoever but I had started this series called Monday Mornings and this was a series that was like that I actually would go to people's houses and document their mornings. And I just did it in New York. And it was it was this whole thing to, like, show people that their mornings were more beautiful than they were. That's so cool. It, w- it was. And 
everybody loved it. It got a really, really great reaction. And everyone's like, we want you to go across the country and like shoot all different kinds of people, like not just New Yorkers. And I said, there's no way I'm going to be able to do that without a sponsor. Like, I'm not going to pay to like travel. Yeah. Travel. So then we built a proposal around Monday mornings that we were trying to sell. And when Allstate reached out to me about blogging for them, her name's Kara. Kara was like, well, why don't I asked them if they do Monday mornings, and I'm like, you're crazy. They're never going <laughs> to do that. And they ended up doing it. And and again, it was like, and that was like a year-long partnership. It was a pretty, definitely the biggest blogging paycheck I've yeah, gotten. Yeah, yeah. And that sort of proved that, you know, us working together was that she was kind of doing it while she looked for another job. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that, I was like, I think you should just, you know, do this for me. <laughs> yeah, just work. This is working out. Yeah. And so and she's been working with me for now seven years and she has a few other bloggers she works with, works with as well. So this kind of gets one of my questions, which is you've been in the space for a while. Yeah. And so did you find when you were first starting out that you were kind of convincing people that this was like a viable business model and not just like a hobby or like kind of convincing brands that didn't understand social media that this audience is important yes for sure I definitely like I feel and I miss that a little bit really you know well I miss the thing that I miss about it is when we were going out to brands and saying you know I want to do this like I was coming up with the campaigns like Mm -hmm. that's what I love doing so you know I was coming up with ways to work with brands we were building proposals and sending it to them and then convincing them that my audience is valuable and we should do this yeah and that that whole process was really fun for me. And it also meant that all the content that I was producing were completely original mm. and all my they were all my ideas yeah, and all my yeah. campaigns. Now I feel like because every brand or advertising agency, or whatever, has, you know, entire departments built around social media, a lot of the time they're coming up with their campaign and then sort of wanting to see if you want to participate, you know, along, like they're getting a bunch of bloggers to do something or whatever. So I always, there's still tons of opportunities that come through where it's a little bit more free form and I can, you know, I can come up with my own idea. I always like that stuff better. But I feel like when we were like, like I was just coming up with things I wanted to do and then being like, what would be a good brand fit for this? And then we were reaching out to multiple people to see if they'd want to get on board. That felt a lot more. I mean, that I love that that piece of it. Seems like a really creative way to kind of go about it and seems like really cool to have your own ideas instead of having a brand approach you. And so I guess now when brands approach you, how much input do you have over ad campaigns that they want you to participate in if they're getting like a group of bloggers together? It depends. I, th- I mean, sometimes... There's still, I think I still have a lot of input. And obviously, if somebody's going to be, if a brand's going to be really strict with what they want to do, unless that thing is awesome, (laughs) you're probably not going to do it, you know. But I I feel like it's almost easier now because I feel like so much, so many things like have revolved now around like real-time experiences or events or, and like stories has definitely changed everything. So I feel like a lot of brands now will come to you, like we're doing this event and we want you to come and like put together a story about the event mm-hmm. and a photo. Okay. I feel like that's a lot of what happens now. <laughs> <laughs> when did you kind of know the moment that you could do this full time? I think it was when we stole that Allstate campaign. Mm, yeah. I think that was a... That was a big moment. And then there was, at one point, the agency that I had been freelancing for for a long time, they sort of start. I think they started making, because they knew what I did, and they were very, very supportive of it. And I think that started becoming, like, a bigger piece of their presentations. Mm -hmm. So they were incorporating the mom bloggers, like, into what they were selling. And I was always, like, a big piece of that. So I think I sort of also recognized how much more important what I did was becoming to the ad agency I was working at. So I think that was sort of helpful 
to see. And then the other part of it was that when you work for an ad agency, a lot of the um, like if you if you present an idea to the agency and they you know they present it to a client, that client owns the idea whether they run with it or not. Mm, I so, know that. yeah. So I be- I mean I believe that was how it was, and definitely the agency would own it if it's something that you they're paying for your time and you're presenting it to them. And so, a lot of the brands that I was working on were parenting were you know baby products or whatever and so I I remember like this one moment we're brainstorming things and like something came up and I was kind of like well if they don't use that I'd like to use it for the blog like I could run with that and then sort of realizing that if I presented it it wouldn't be mine anymore Mm, (laughs) and then realizing that it wasn't really that fair yeah to be in that that position where like you're not you're not going to give them your best stuff you know exactly yeah (laughs) So that was that was an, another piece, and then it was also I think at one point they did there was like a, a job offer, and it was I had to make sort of a decision like okay is is my career going to be at an ad agency as a creative director or is it going to be forging this path on my own as this whatever you want to call it blogger content creator influencer, influencer. <laughs> I think influencer is a word yet but <laughs> at least not in that sense but um, I chose the blog I just thought that that had the better I thought there was more. There was more to be done there. There was more success to be had there. And it was more exciting for me. Were you, like, nervous at all, though, when you kind of made that leap? No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little bit. I, I I mean, the other thing is, by the time I left and decided to go that way, it was already, I was already making more money from the blog than I was in freelancing. Could you kind of take me through, like, what your day-to-day looks like? Like, what do you do sure. from, like, the beginning to the end of the day? It's so funny because I feel like because now there's so many different things, like there's so many different platforms and all of that. So it's, I think for a while there, it was when I'd come into the office, I'd want to, like writing the blog post would be my first priority. And then I think probably like a year ago or maybe two years ago, I think it switched to being like, okay, Instagram is the top priority. So now I have four Instagram accounts. So now a lot of my day is like figuring out what I'm going to post on each of them. You know, I want to write a blog post. Yeah. I want to post something on Mommy Shorts, which is my personal, mm-hmm. not my personal, but my personal slash blog account. I have Average Parent Problems mm-hmm. Instagram account, which is where I put like more of the, you know, funny meme type content. Yeah. And then I have something called Mommy Short Squad, which I started so that I could sort of tell parenting stories that weren't necessarily mine. Because oh. I felt like, like so much is focused on Instagram, but so much of my blog was like about parenting in general or like featuring other families and whenever I would post someone else on mommy shorts like people are like what's this (laughs) (laughs) I don't follow this person I'm like who is this right (laughs) so mommy shorts squad I sort of put together so that I could I could feature other people yeah Um, and it wouldn't be so dependent on what was going on exactly in my life and then me trying to like relate things that I wanted to talk about to like (laughs) my family you know definitely so I started that Six months ago, I'm not sure, and it's been yeah. doing it's been doing really really well, so that's exciting. That's a really cool um, way to like engage your audience to like have this separate account for them. Yeah, so it's 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 interesting because I, I do I, I'll quote people a lot or I, I use the comments and things like that in my audience to sort of create the content instead of like you know finding a funny tweet on Twitter that yeah. like I know I don't know that person but I assume he wants it shared or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> this is all coming from the people that are mm. commenting on my blog or on Facebook or on Instagram. 
And I, uh, we also have a pretty successful group at the moment called Remarkably Average Parents. <laughs> that's on Facebook. That's been like the thing that's really growing also. I'll go on there to, you know, I'll usually like pose a question that I think might elicit some really good responses that I can pull from to put on Mommy Short Squad. And then it's like, okay, if I get enough responses that are really good, do I make a blog post with even more <laughs> more mm, responses? Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. I feel like more and more, like even, you know, with the things that I do or working like with my own content and then also like working with brands, it's like almost you can try and figure out a way in for each one. Mm-hmm. So like each brand? For no, for each Instagram. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Because that becomes something that it's more content, number one, and then it's also like something more that you can sell. So like now it's like if a brand is coming to me to work with me, we can say we can do this on Mommy Shorts, we can do this on Average Parent Problems, we can do this on Mommy Shorts Squad, and they're all very different. So it sort of creates like a larger package. Do you see different audiences between each Instagram account? There's definitely a different audience on all the accounts. I'll say like my, you know, the people that are the biggest fans definitely follow all of them. But yeah, no, there's definitely a difference. And I notice a lot like, because I think more and more like, you know, when people post it, like I think like the whole blogosphere has (laughs) sort of gotten into like, you know, posting more, you know, political things or, you know, like big issues of, you know, that are going on today. And so I notice that on Mommy Shorts and Mommy Shorts Squad, it seems like like 99% of people are yeah. like aligned with me mm-hmm. with what I think yeah. or at the very least very open to having a discussion. So, you know, I'll get comments a lot like I don't have the same political views as you or I don't agree with you, what you're saying, but I appreciate, you know, yeah. that you're using your platform in this way or whatever. But on average parent problems, it definitely like elicits a much more controversial reaction, which is just interesting to see. Yeah, that is really interesting. So do you, I'm assuming you have to tailor content or do you kind of not want to cause controversy on like the average parenting problems or? I feel like that ship has sailed. (laughs) (laughs) For for me, I feel like there is more value in posting something on average parent problems if it's a big issue like that because you are talking to people who might not necessarily be aligned with you. Whereas you know, if you're just talking to people who are all in yeah. agreement, it's not going to move the needle at all. But maybe you choir. can change a few, yeah. <laughs> a few lines over on average parent problems. Yeah. But it is like, you know, I have to like sort of brace myself <laughs> for that because I'll know it's coming. And you're always going to like lose followers from that kind of thing, too. But I try not to care about such things. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it. So I guess with brands, when you're kind of pitching yourself, I mean, you're pretty openly political about certain things. Like I've seen on your blog that like you mentioned Trump and you talk mm-hmm. about like racism. And you talk about like raising like young girls in mm-hmm. this current world. Has that ever been a problem with brands or is yes. it kind of? Oh, <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> this one I won't name things, but I did. Yeah. I mean, I lost a huge partnership over it. Oh, wow. Which, and you know, and I'm just kind of like, well, I wouldn't want to work with those people anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but it definitely like. That, that one hurt because we've been trying to sell it for a really long time and I was really excited about the campaign. It was something that I had like, it's like this idea that I've had for a while and um, we finally sold it and then I came back and said that they, <laughs> and <laughs> that they had seen some, you know, tweet I had put out there. Also, it's like half the brands are, I think, making political statements all the time now too. So I would say most brands, I think, don't don't have an issue with it. We also lost something recently that I won't discuss, but that, that <laughs> I have my suspicions that mm. that might have had something to do with it. But okay. it hasn't been explicitly said. I've noticed, 
I guess advertising and brands have gotten more political over, it seems like, the past five or six years. So has it has become easier in any way where you feel like less brands are pulling out for that reason? I mean, we only had that one, mm-hmm. that one big one that, like, we knew that that was why. Yeah. So I don't know. It feels to me like a lot of brands have a more liberal or at least the brands that I'm working with have a more liberal point of view so it it doesn't appear to be an issue I feel like as long as I mean in most contracts they're going to say we don't want you to talk about anything political like for this piece of branded content yeah. which I wouldn't do anyway but it doesn't seem like doesn't seem like most brands have an issue there, there's a couple times we'll get a contract which is which will say something about like you know saying things that are controversial like in general mm-hmm. and I always sort of push back on that but to me, it's like, if you haven't done your research, it's not like I'm hiding anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? It's like, you should know who I am when you're approaching me. Right. Okay. Which I assume I assume that, that they do. <laughs> I mean, there's been a couple times I've worked with someone where, like, I'm alerted to something later that oh. I'm like, oh, didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that happens to all of us. We're just like, I'm supporting this. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but you asked me before about, like, my day-to-day. Yes, yes. <laughs> So my day to day would be I come into the office and I sort of, you know, we have a to do list that we go through. Mm -hmm. So that's usually and it's just everything sort of at different stages. So it's like there's always like the there's the editorial content and there's the sponsored content. And you're always working on all those things at once. And I think what people don't usually understand is that there's more than one sponsored thing going on at once. And you might not be posting it for, you know, weeks or whatever, but you're still working on it. Like There's nothing more frustrating than like. We'll be working on like, you know, five different sponsored things in a day, but none of it's posting for a while. And then it feels like I have nothing to show for my day. Like my my audience thinks that I've just been like relaxing and watching TV or something, but I've been like working my ass off. You just when you don't post something, nobody knows. What else do you think are some of the more common misconceptions of your job? Well, I always say that like the people who are really good at social media make it look effortless. The better you are at it, probably the less work it looks like. But that's not the case at all. That's not true at all, yeah. (laughs) Because it's like you work so hard. Like stories now, for instance. Like if you're doing a branded story, which I feel like that's become more and more brands are asking for stories. We're getting approval ahead of time on those as well. You know? (laughs) Do you not do that? that? (laughs) I do not. (laughs) So, well, like, you know, you'll go to an event. You'll be taking video and pictures and all that stuff, but you're not actually posting it. Then you have to put together the whole story. So I have, like, a fake account where, like, I'll put together the story so I can send it to the brand to get approval. And then you have to rebuild the whole thing again. So it was where, like, with a video, you'd actually have the piece of content that you could just send them. They'd send back whatever. This is, like, you have to rebuild things. Wow. It's very time-consuming. <laughs> I, I didn't realize that. I think I the moment I realized that people weren't just posting directly to their stories was when someone I followed were like, oh, yeah, this is how I edit all my story photos. And I was just like, you edit my right? story <laughs> photos? Like, I just take a photo and stick it on my story, and I do nothing with it, and that's it. When I used to do Snapchat a lot, like, that was all mm-hmm. in the moment. But with Instagram stories, I've always not really done it in real time. I try and do it within the same day, but I always feel like when you're with your kids, like it's sort of impossible to like, I'm fine like taking photos, videos. I feel like all parents do that. But if you're also going to sit there, you know, post Instagram, come up with a witty caption mm-hmm. and like put a filter on it and like, you know, like that to me is like you're not, right, you're not in the moment. <laughs> that's what you're doing. I've been at like parties or like, I'll say quote parties. <laughs> Like, it'll be a branded Mm -hmm. event. Yeah. And, like, everybody there has been, like, hired 
to come and cover it. And, you know, everyone's there creating their own story. <laughs> you oh, know, yeah. nobody's really hanging no out. No one's really doing anything together. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is funny. Or like sometimes it's like the first like half hour of an event will be like everybody trying to get their, their yeah. stories together and then you can sort of relax and yeah. have a drink. <laughs> Just like, okay, we finished that and now we're actually going to have fun. I, we were at an event recently where like, you know, everybody got a drink and the first thing they did yeah. was you watch like 10 people at once like <laughs> holding it up to the skyline <laughs> and taking a photo of it. Yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, I'm sitting there, I'm like, they haven't read the contract because in the contract it says you're not allowed to post any alcohol in the oh, story. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Oh my gosh. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. How much do your kids know about, like, the blog and, like, the Instagram and everything? So now they know a lot. Yeah. You know, my older daughter has sort of, you know, it's been, like, a slower process to sort of understanding everything. I think my younger daughter, because of my older daughter, sort of finds out about stuff and figures things out much more quickly. They, so I think a, a big piece of it is that I came out with a book a few years ago. And the book is, like, all about, like, the first five years of their life, but sort of, like, you know, more entertaining. So recently, I would say over the past like year and a half, Mazzy, my older daughter, has actually been reading the book, oh, which has been really yeah, interesting like? to see. And it's sort of like the test of like w- what I've been doing this whole time because I always said I want it to be something that, you know, they're going to enjoy and like feel good about and like, so, you know, that they have this document of their lives. And so far, so good. <laughs> She loves the book. She thinks it's amazing. I think she just loves reading stories about herself. There's also, there's so many things that I would never have remembered if I hadn't written them down for the blog. There was one night where, like, I was putting them to bed, and I think I, like, told one funny story about, like, you know, something they had done when they were little. And Mazzy was like, we want to hear more stories like this. And I was just like, I don't can't remember anything. I'm like, oh, wait a second. Like, you know, it's funny, like, 2013. <laughs> I was, like, Googling funny stories, mommy shorts, yeah. and then, like, you know, all this stuff comes up, and I started reading them. And there was literally, like, a blog post that was, like, 10 hilarious things Mazzy did, like, yesterday yeah. or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and so I started reading them and sh- they were cracking up. <laughs> and it, what's funny is I don't remember any of this stuff happening either. Like I never, ever would have remembered this stuff. And so I was laughing too because like it's almost like I'm reading them for the first time. So I feel like there's so much like I feel like now I'm starting to like reap the benefits and they are starting to reap the benefits of having this. Um, like living document. Living document, yeah. yeah. And then I think now what's interesting is Harlow still, she's six, so she doesn't really understand it. But Mazzy now, like, knows about Instagram. So she's nine. Like, some of her friends are on it. I always say, you're not supposed to be. It's 13. Is yeah. like, <laughs> like, that's what Instagram says legally. <laughs> so she'll ask to, like, see the photos and things like that. And at first it was like, I was a little bit, 
weary about it, not because of what I've posted, because I really think, and whenever she reads, sits there and reads them, I always get a little bit nervous, but when she reads them, she always thinks they're funny and they're, they feel true to her. Um, I, that it was the, the seeing the likes that I was like worried about. I just didn't want her to start like seeing how many likes that she got in a certain photo compared to another one. It doesn't seem to me like she's thinking about that at all. Not like registering yet. Yeah. Or like see like how many people have viewed something, you know. It doesn't, I don't know whether she sees it. It doesn't seem important to her. She she likes looking at the photos and reading my caption. And I think it sort of like helps her. Because I'm always like, I think I'm funnier on paper than I am in real life. So I feel like it's helped her appreciate my humor. Yeah. And like a more, because I'm writing for adults, right? Yeah, so yeah, she yeah. gets to sort of hear how I'm like with other grownups. Yeah, know? it's like peeking into your mom having a conversation with their friends. <laughs> yeah, and it's like my whole thing. And like, I've always just loved storytelling. So these are, you know, stories about my family and my kids. And she reads them and she's like, yes, that happened. And that's funny, you know. <laughs> this is about me. <laughs> <laughs> so she really loves it in that sense. I think she also is now understanding that having like, a following on Instagram is like a desirable thing. She's also certainly like witnessed like people coming up to me and oh yeah, what's that like? <laughs> I I feel like it started when she was smaller, so I think it's like it's not like all of a sudden. Like I remember it happening like in a hotel. That was like the first time that yeah. it happened, and her being like, "Do you know that person?" <laughs> you know? And like, no, but it's someone who reads my blog, and you know they like my stories. So, so as she's sort of like seen more people come up to me and sort of understands that, you know, this is something that like I'm sharing with a lot of people and a lot of people are reading it. I've sort of helped, I've tried to like help her understand that like, like I'm not a celebrity. Because you, know? <laughs> like, you can like kids, like they don't understand exactly, like the, yeah. you know, the, the difference. nuances. And yeah. she at one point like asked me if she was famous and I was like, no. <laughs> Like, Taylor Swift is famous. But, you know, that was my initial reaction to just be like, no. But then I was like, well, she has to sort of understand that there are like a like this small little faction of people that who would recognize her. So that's what I've I've said. You know, being like Instagram famous is very different than being like like a real celebrity. (laughs) And then even in like Instagram fame, I'm pretty small. (laughs) (laughs) So it's but, you know, those are weird nuances that are really tough to explain to a child but I kind of feel like she she gets it I think the best thing is that she really and I think this with like my husband as well I think they just like they trust the way that I write about things and that I'm not gonna reveal anything that's like super personal I think that's that's been or anything that makes anybody look bad I don't want her to come back to me and say I can't believe that you put this out there and I'm also kind of aware that you know, her friend's parents are now reading it or like people maybe at my husband's work or whatever. So I think I always keep that in mind when I'm writing that it doesn't just affect me. I guess one of the questions I've had about people who kind of like their kids are on Instagram. If, you know, your daughters grow up and are like, I don't want these photos of me online anymore. Do you kind of have a contingency plan for that or kind of like an explanation? (laughs) I mean, that's really one of the reasons that I created Mommy Short Squad was so that I could have a place that was sort of my, that was my voice and my tone and things I wanted to post about that had nothing to do with Mm -hmm. my family. Okay. I just didn't, I didn't want it to live or die with (laughs) with the kids, you know, Um, and average parent problems as well, which is much larger than Mommy Shorts at this point. That's all photo submissions or shared beams or things like that. So I think if they ever decided, like, you know, we don't want any part of this, I would still have these two flourishing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just 
like, we can shatter that account. <laughs> I, I can't imagine that they would ever come back and say, we don't, we want you to take down everything that you had. And they might say, like, I don't want to be on there anymore. But I think the way that kids are now, and I, you know, I would say that, like, at 13, you know, they're like, your kids are going to go online. They're going to post the most embarrassing stuff. <laughs> you know? Completely accurate. Right? <laughs> Way more embarrassing than anything that I've posted about them when they were, like, two, you mm-hmm. know? So um, I think everybody used to sort of worry, like, you know, when you try and get a job and someone Googles you and then mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and then this thing. stuff comes up. Yeah. It's like there's going to be so much that they've posted online by that point that has nothing to do with what I've put out there. I don't know. I just don't think it's going to affect people in the same way that we used to worry about that stuff. Yeah, I definitely think that's true. I think there's like a certain level at which social media has become so normalized that having a photo of you as a kid is completely normal versus right. like whatever dumb things you're going to put on the internet <laughs> when you're 16. So what are your plans for like when your daughters get of age to be on social media? Do you have like this shouldn't be online or like the account needs to be private or X, Y, and Z. Yeah, I think they'll definitely, their accounts will be private. Mm-hmm. And I'm already seeing this a little bit with Mazzy is that, and what I hope is the case is that because this is what I do for a living, that I will be a endless resource of information for her and like how to sort of navigate this world because it's so incredibly so tricky. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> but already it's like, you know, I thought I was like so ahead of the game and then, you know, then you hear about like TikTok and whatever and it's like don't understand TikTok. <laughs> I was so invested in like get understanding Snapchat cuz that to me felt like it was so much like younger than me yeah. and I'm like I don't understand this at all, which means that I really have to understand this. And I spent so much time sort of like figuring that out yeah. and getting it and now it's like I feel like Snapchat isn't yeah, no nearly as relevant Snapchat anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is something about your job that people don't understand but you wish that they did? I think that it's a real job, honestly. I feel like the, the term influencer is just such a like a bad word now. So I guess it's like there are people in this industry. First of all, there's a whole industry around influencers. You know, all the PR people and the managers and the the people, you know, coming up with the campaigns that they're giving to the influencer. And so for some reason, it's totally respectable to say, like, I'm a social media manager or like, you know, or any any of these jobs that revolve around working with influencers. But to be an influencer is considered like totally stupid and not a real job. So <laughs> I guess what I would like to say, first of all, that like, you know, there are plenty of people that are creating content out there. It's a really fun, wonderful thing to do, you know? (laughs) But it's a ton of work. I think people do not understand nearly how much work that most people put into it. And I think that is because if you're good at it, it looks like it's not a lot of work. But so much of people's time and energy is focused on watching or reading or, you know, this kind of content. And to not respect the people that are creating it, I think is, I don't know what the word is, is a... I want to say something really profound. <laughs> but but I'm just an influencer. I can't say the profound There's definitely like this dissonance between how much time we all spend on social media and the people who make it their job. And I think yeah. there's this weird feeling where it's like, oh, since I post on social media and I'm not getting paid for it, why is this other person getting paid for it? Because right. you don't see the work that they're actually putting into like making this content. It's a really weird breakdown and thought between like, Instagram's fine for me, but for other people, it's like lazy and stupid. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it's like the people who have audiences, they have that for a reason. You know, it's like either they're being really honest about something, they're being really creative about something. I mean, obviously, for some people, it's just that they're really attractive. You know? <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's not my case. Like, I'm really, you know, I'm really, I'm, I'm writing, I'm producing videos, I'm taking photographs. Like, it really is sort of like, it's almost like using all these different creative things that I've 
always been like somewhat good at my whole life, but not like amazing, you know? <laughs> so you get to combine all that stuff. I feel like advertising was like that too. It's like getting to combine all of these elements of creativity into like something that, you know, actually can elicit a response. Yeah. It's like a one woman magazine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's all the questions I have. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. That's it for this episode of Working. Thanks for listening. Again, I'm your host, Rachel Hampton. Special thank you to Justin D. Wright for the ad music. Thank you so much to our producer, Justin Molly. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And if you have any questions or feedback, you can always reach us at working at slate.com. Join us next week for another episode on Influencers. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.